It's not another Buffalo podcast with Logical John. I saw Patrick Mahomes do some pretty reckless stuff, and no one's calling him sugar high. Funny guy, Pat. How'd you like to be Trevor Lawrence, though? You're like, all right, man, here I go. First overall pick. I'm going to Florida. I'm from the panhandle, seeing my mom and dad every weekend. And then it's like, you just signed up for a job. And in the interview, they were like, oh, we like to have a lot of fun here. You know, and then you get the job the first day of work. And the entire cubicle's on fire, and your boss is taking a dump on the carpet. And Stats Guy Brando. We have, we have this trust built uh, on, you know, whatever it is, like Bibles and gold bricks and whatever it is, Brandon Bean's drinking over there. Yeah, welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. I'm John. I'm here with Pat and Brando. Yo, yo. That was the intro from... Episode 15, which is pretty crazy that that I believe was our first episode with Buffalo Rumblings. And now we're on, this is episode 48. So it's, it's wow. crazy. Like we've done, we've done so many episodes since we hopped on Buffalo Rumblings. So a, uh, you know, it's been, it's been fun. It was a great yeah. season. Super thankful, but we're almost yeah. at the diamond anniversary. There we go. Yeah. We uh, we anticipated that by the fiftieth episode we'd be celebrating a Bill Super Bowl, but it appears that it'll be approximately around, gosh, I don't know, episode one hundred and fifty at this point. That's kind of depressing yes. to think about. Sorry, right. <laughs> we have to do this one hundred and fifty more times before the Bills are Super Bowl champions. I hope y'all ears are ready. Hey, if it's fifteen hundred, it'll still be worth it. Well, that's a lot, actually. <laughs> that's but. a long time. <laughs> well, that was, even if it took eleven years, I wouldn't even. Josh, John Elway status, just old, just getting slapped around out there. I wouldn't. Yeah, even if care. Josh wins two but. Super Bowls at age thirty six and age thirty seven, and doesn't win one until then, I'd still be happy with his career. I would still yeah. take it as well. Yes. Yeah. I mean, John Elway got to some championship games and lost. He lost to the Bills. Right. Yeah, he yep. got destroyed in a Super Bowl too. I can't think which one, but like he lost by like thirty points. So I mean, there's hope. Yeah, I mean we've we've been talking about this stuff at nauseum for our entire lives, and we went made it through a seventeen year drought, and now we're just recording it. So really, if you think about it that way, there really is no number of episodes that's too high to wait. But it's just so disappointing this year because you can tell by the odds put out for next year's Super Bowl that they really were. Like they're the number, they're the number the one Super Bowl favorite. Did you see that? What plus six hundred yeah. to be, or plus eight hundred, something like that? Yeah, I saw it. I saw plus seven hundred in some okay. places. Yeah. Still but, the next best, and then yeah. you got the Chiefs at like plus a thousand or something like that. Yeah, the where I saw it, they were pretty close, like seven fifty or even tied with the Bills for seven hundred. But still, I mean, it's been a while since we've been in that position. You know, the nineties, pretty much. But I don't know. What do you guys think of the Super Bowl? Uh, sorry, Brandon, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think it's funny. My, uh, one of my coworkers came down to my room the other day and she's like, you know, I waited a couple weeks to come in here and ask you about your trip to Kansas city. You know, I didn't want to be that person. Cause I know everybody was talking to you about it. And I'm like, it still hurts. I appreciate the thought behind it. Cause nobody else really did. Uh, the pain is real. And she's like, welcome to Bill's mafia. She's like, my husband went to two of the four Super Bowls. So she's like, we know your pain. Shared pain is a strong bond. Yep. There are, there's actually a lot of cult studies that will tell you that as well um, when yes. it comes to. So I don't know. Psychology is on Bill's mafia side. 
That's yeah, true. I mean, that's true. I just hope we're not like in a Marshall Applewhite Heaven's Gate type scenario where Brandon Bean has our ourselves neuter ourselves and then commit suicide all wearing black Air Force Ones, low cut. Um, so hopefully that's um that shared well, pain is not. <laughs> well, they say a cult plus time equals religion. So maybe we'll be all part of the church of Bill's mafia in about a hundred years. I don't yes, know. The church of Josh Allen. Yeah. Speaking of <laughs> Bill's become mafia. A, I've become a member today. Did you see the tribute to Bill's mafia in the Super Bowl commercial? No, I did. Somebody it went was, through a table, right? Yeah. It was like, they're in like the ancient Roman times or whatever, pilgrim times. And he's like, I brought my family. It took three months of a journey to get here. And in the background, they're like, we don't want these people here. And they're like, I don't remember the word that they use, but you see these guys jumping off their carriage, like through the table. <laughs> Bill Bill's mafia. I'll be honest. I missed a lot of commercials this year because I was either like running to pee or checking on my bets during the commercials. Yeah. So like, is that, is that adulthood? I don't know. <laughs> no, like and it's I felt, depressing if that's but I felt the same way I'm like rotating between Twitter and betting apps and it's like yeah. DraftKings and uh, I'm like yeah. trying to watch the game trying to see because they Odell Beckham scores first gets his yards early Jamar Chase hits the long touchdown pass early so I'm like First quarter is not even pass, done. Not a, not yeah, a long pass. yeah, not a touchdown. I Ladies wish and gentlemen, it was he a did touchdown. not get a touchdown. He did not get a touchdown. Which also cost me and John a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. We, we would have won. Not not that I ended the night negative or anything, but it would have been. Um, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about the best that did hit. First of all, our our national anthem parlor. I'm sorry, national anthem. And lock. the home of the not another Buffalo podcast. Miranda's bets. That's very patriotic. Yeah, yeah so that went, that went over by a good chunk, a right? Lot, where where did, where did that end up? How far unofficially over did we make timed it? in uh, my apartment in Buffalo, New York, at a minute fifty-eight. Nice. Jesus. And what was what was the over under? Like a minute thirty-eight. Oh hell yeah, easy. Cash it. And our other uh, big recommendation was over two and a half players to attempt to pass. Ding, ding, believe, ding, 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 yeah. ding. I want to say five players attempted a pass. Is it five? I fell asleep after four then. Yeah. So we Mixon had. Mixon and Cup are the two that Mixon I saw. Mixon yes. and Cup through, but also the placeholder, which I believe was Johnny Hecker, had a yeah, botched well, that was like snap. A flubbed, yeah. on the flubbed snap on the first extra point, couldn't get the ball set. And then just rolled out, you know. But that's a sack. He did not pass attempt. He did throw a pass attempt. He threw an interception. He threw the ball. Yeah, yeah he threw an uh, interception. And then it was like, it, it, I didn't know. I thought that. the Bengals were going to take it back for two because it was like they like did a lateral Madden style. Oh, yeah. I thought that was okay. I thought he just botched it. I didn't know he threw that ball. Okay, so you yeah. hit that right away then. We we hit that before any of the wide receivers. Uh, gotcha. Pass in. I thought the mix and throw was your first one. I was freaking out. I was like, yo, John hit it. John did it. I, was, I thought of you as soon as Mixon goes to pull up. Like, do it. Do it, John. Because I think Cooper Cup didn't even complete his pass. I think he was the first one to throw one. I don't no, think Mixon threw it. it second to the punt to the holder and then Cup threw it after. Mixon. Yeah, something like that. We had five. We had five players attempt to pass and. Honestly, with both quarterbacks almost tearing their ACL, it could have been six very easily. So, yeah, like Joe Burrow sacked what seven more times. 
there's a larger conversation to be had. Um, and I feel like I should do some research on this, but yeah, I don't know. It seems like, I, I, I don't know. Do injuries like that happen as often on grass fields? Because I feel like they don't. So like ACL, grass fields, non-contact non injuries. I know there's, I know there's things that make grass fields hard, especially in environments like Buffalo and New England and stuff like that. There is an increased injury rate of ACL injury on turf field. They have the, the way that it's set up, your cleats can kind of grip it weird when you're trying to tweak. Just like, that's why you see it so much in the plant, you know, your cleats might drag on, but it's, uh, the, what this is from, uh, uh, it's like a dot org article peer reviewed, uh, university of where, what website uhhhospital.org. Artificial turf versus natural grass. Um, it is much safer to play on natural grass than it is on turf. Yeah. I wonder I wonder if that's something that the Players Association brings up in maybe, I don't know, when's the next CBA? It's not for a bunch of years. They just agreed on another one when they added the 17th game. So well, wasn't well, it's it also uh, interesting because, sorry to cut you off here, Pat, but the Bills' new stadium, they want to make it grass. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, which would because, be cool, I think. Because he tore his ACL in Washington, right? And I mean, that's the the, the same turf for Robert Griffin. That's a grass field. Is it grass? Washington no, is Joe grass, Burrow. but also, I I know um, that turf is cursed. I I saw yeah, a, a Alex list Smith of all, and RG three. I remember like in the same spot injuries. of the field too. There's a lot. That's, of that's crazy. That There's a lot yeah. of big injuries that happen on that field. But anyway. I guess, I mean, that's the conversation for when we're talking about the stadium because, I don't know, there are stadiums that you see that have grass that don't do so well. I mean, do you guys remember the Monday night game? This is like 10 years ago now where it was like Pittsburgh and Miami and they're just playing in this like flooded turf and it's just a wreck. And I mean, it was... I mean, You have to put money field, into but, it to do it. Yeah. yeah but to, you have other stadiums that do a pretty dang good job. Like the Green Bay... Groundskeepers do a heck of a job with that grass. I Old mean, field. yeah, it, it literally takes like grass experts to, to be able to they, maintain oh, they that have level of stuff, but horticulture botanists, professionals, botanists, 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 botanists staff, yeah. yeah. But I think, I think that the bills also, there was a comment made when they played in, do you guys remember last season when they played the 49ers and the Cardinals in Glendale, Arizona. Right. Yes. After that, was when, that field was used for, sorry to cut you off. They're done. They used the field like, yeah, was, a lot. That was national Arizona championship state college football, high school football. And it's like, you're supposed to have two days of rest of games between field usage. I believe in the NFL or on big, big time sports fields. Just because, you know, that dirt gets loose and you don't want to tweak anything just with a little loose grass. That's, that's true. I mean, that grass always looks beautiful. The thing that I was going to say about that is I think that there were some of the receivers, maybe it was Cole Beasley or Gabe Davis, who was asked about, like, why do you guys think you guys played so well in those games? And they were like, it's it's the grass, you know, felt good on grass. Interesting. Interesting. And so I don't know. Hey grass I'm makes sure. you feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Snoop Doggy Dog. Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to the halftime show before we get too far off topic talking about grass here. But where where does that rank for you guys all time in Super Bowl good. halftime? Top five, uh, dude. Performances. Top Absolutely five. top five. I think it's definitely top five. I think it might be top three. I don't think it's one for me. 
but I don't, I don't know. Do you guys, I, I know I didn't ask you guys to rank these beforehand or anything like that, but what are, what are some of the most memorable? Purple rain. I was yeah. going to say it's, it's Prince. It's, Prince, it's Prince, Prince. Is the be- Prince is the best halftime Prince show is the of number all time. One. And he gave his guitar out <laughs> yeah. after the gig. That was, that was amazing. Um, I mean, literally in the pouring rain, I think that Super Bowl was in Tampa, but yeah. I can't remember. It was either Tampa or Miami, um, some rainy Floridian stadium. But my number two is one that I don't remember watching, but seeing videos of it um, after the fact, it still gives me goosebumps sometimes. It's like the the U2 halftime after 9-11 when they put all the names up on the wall. Like yeah. that was pretty cool. So I think that one's up there. Um Obviously, MJ's in Super Bowl 25. That's a pretty cool video to watch. Obviously, we didn't watch that live because we were all negative five years old. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, what are some other ones for you guys? I well, mean, I feel like um, I, I really enjoyed the Who halftime show. It was pretty good, if I recall. There, even for some old dudes, I thought that this. You know what I enjoyed about this halftime show was that you could hear them breathing. You could hear audio flub ups, and in my mind, I would take that nine thousand times over people singing to a pre-recorded track. That's you the thing; I mean? it's the pre-recorded stuff. I just I don't like the pre-recorded stuff. Like, it seemed a lot more authentic. You know? Yeah, yo, and I'll tell you guys this. So there's a really really cool article about the guy who does sound for these halftime shows. It's been the same guy for every single Super Bowl, really, since like the 80s. He's been setting up. He's talked about all these guys. He's talked about the Rolling Stones. The only... uh, Speaking of the Rolling Stones, the only people who ever did not play to tracks in the Super Bowl was Rolling Stones. Every single other band has tracks of some form. When I mean tracks, I mean it's something that's pre-recorded that's played back. Usually the drummer has a click in their ear and then in you know most band situations, the drummer controls tracks but not for big shows. But Anyway, yeah, it's kind of funny. Rolling Stones were the only ones who refused to play with tracks. So all Keith those Richards, other bands, man. who, I mean, Prince, Charlie Watts, all that stuff, but yeah. But did you see Anderson yeah. Pac on the drums too, man? Yeah. One of my yeah. favorite musicians, honestly, he, he killed it. He did a great job. That was a really and cool I, cameo. And I know, wish that I could cent. have bet Eminem too. I, I said it here on the show. He will play lose yourself yeah. or till I collapse. And, um, you know, did you see how fat 50 Cent was too? Yeah, <laughs> so I saw the tweet. I saw the tweet. And it's obviously like everybody's seen this joke now, but There's it's like when 50 so many Cent good ones, though. has inflation, you know, 50 right, Cent isn't right. worth 50 Cents anymore. Like, well, I was just like, who is this 50 large 50 Cents looks bat? like a full dollar. <laughs> yeah. It does, dude. I was like, who is this overweight man hanging upside down? And then it was 50 Cent. And like, you could hear him breathing, dude, <laughs> in between some of the no, phrasing. That's, that's cool. You know, it reminds me of like a good SNL performance where you can tell that it's live. It's it's imperfect, but it's still good, you know, and obviously it was a great cast of characters. I mean, Mary J. Blige is awesome. Snoop was always amazing. Wearing the, wearing the Rams colors coming out, like, dude just always looks like the most posh praying mantis I've ever seen, like. He did look fly. He looked really good. With yeah. the PC like insertions because it was like la da 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 da. It's da, the da. something something D-R-E. And then he's like, instead of motherfuckers, he's like, you little busters. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, yes. Well, there was an over under of uh, amount of swear words used in Zero. the Super Bowl. Nah, well, I mean, I guess. I didn't hear any of them. 
Maybe like if you count damn or something. <laughs> if they swear, they got to like mute the whole thing for three seconds because there's a dump button that they yeah. line up with the eight second delay that you just got to push it and then you lose like three seconds of audio to make sure that you like if the audio ever goes out on your screen after somebody scores a touchdown, it's because somebody swore into the end zone, Mike. Yeah. You know, it's like it happened like 50 times during the Pro Bowl because you know what they're saying. And I don't know if we have any um, video video game fanatics out there, but I felt like the entire set um, for that initial um, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, you know, where they, they start with the, the chronic and everything. Um, I felt like that looked like the set for Grand Theft Auto San Andreas and that all the dancers looked like GTA NPCs. <sighs> Um, I was, I was happy to see that like the, the cheerleaders and the dancers in the Super Bowl weren't super sexualized and they were actually like real looking people, which I think is super cool. And I really like Kendrick Lamar's performance too. Like, I mean, all right, such a great song, like to pimp a butterfly was the last rap CD I ever bought. And I, I thought he also did a really fantastic job and, you know, the choreography that went into all of that, like aside from music or, or visual cues at all, like I, it, it's just cool to see like the amount of hours that those people probably put in there. You know, I, I guess my only question would be, what do you think they would do if there was another like Janet Jackson situation? Do they have, do they have like a cut button for the video as well for the people at home? Like, how do you think that would go down? There's gotta be some like safeguard in place if that were to ever happen again. Don't but, wear a dress like that with pasties. They don't <laughs> watch the costumes, I guess. Speaking of yeah. dresses, did you see the JLo commercial? I saw Jen. I saw Jen was there with Ben Affleck. Yeah, but at did the you game. see the commercial? She got like a 30 second monologue in this dress that was like. Well, you know, if you got if you got it, flaunt it. Even if you are the mother of someone who's about to be like 18 years old, you know. <laughs> Didn't think about that one time until right now. That's so funny. But yeah. I mean, I thought it was. I thought it was cool how the the planning went into it because obviously it was like the perfect Super Bowl for or the perfect halftime show for L.A. Right? Yeah. And well, Snoop is from L.A. Yeah. Yeah. Snoop, it's, Dr. It's, Snoop, Dr. Dre, and Kendrick are all from Compton. Well, Snoop is from Long Beach, which is basically Compton, but those three are all from the same neighborhood, which is Los yeah. Angeles. So I think that's yeah, pretty it's cool. West, it's West Coast. Yeah. But I, I I mean, in terms of lighting and stuff too, because that stadium, it wasn't dark in LA by the time the halftime show rolled around and they knew it was going to be that way. Whereas like usually for big events like that, you have the aided, like it's important for it to be dark for those kind of things to do the kind of lighting effects that you want to do exciting things. And they were able to make it exciting without any crazy lighting. Like it was still bright out. Like it was light out and it was a great halftime show. So I think that you get situations where you can like surprise the audience when it's dark. I mean, that's why all concerts are dark with creative lighting and stuff like that. So when you take that away, it made it, I mean, I just thought it made it, it was cool that they put together something that was super entertaining without having that element in their favor, which is pretty cool. But it also got me like hype, hype, hype to be going to long beach in seven days. Compton and Long Beach together. Now you know you're in trouble. Ain't nothing but a Brandon Habermas thing, baby. Also, J-Lo's kid's only 13, so I guess it's not super weird. But, Things uh, Pat researches during this show. They got great genetics because Mark Anthony's also a very handsome man. But, um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Hey, Pat, do you got uh, you got some quotes for us today? Wanna, I do. Want to throw have, in a um, quote segment here? I do. Um, these quotes today have to deal with food because I have yet to eat my dinner. And um, <laughs> I was thinking about it. For our audience who hasn't heard the quote segment before, Pat's going to read a quick quote for us and we're going to try to guess who says it. 
Okay. So this first quote is from possibly one of my favorite NFL players of all time. Someone that went to Oregon state is from South central Los Angeles. Um, someone whose first love was not football, but in fact, another sport. Um, so this quote goes like this supplements. Yeah. McDonald's. That's my supplement. Um, this person also was a a pioneer of end zone dances. Once again, supplements question. Yeah. McDonald's. That's my supplement. Um, this person revolutionized dancing after scoring. He, um, was the first to break out river dance. He kicked extra points for his team when his kicker went down, raced a cheetah at one point, has no hair on his head, um, played for his NFL team with his former wide receiving counterpart at Oregon State. Basically, is the only reason that Jordan Palmer even has a job. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I, I can't give away is too it, many more clues. Is it Chad Ochocinco? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Nice. Forgot he existed there. Yeah. Yeah, man. I was thinking, Chad I thought you were talking about the fridge there for a second because I was imagining like big dudes who eat McDonald's doing touchdowns. Yeah, I thought you were talking about running back. Because <laughs> there that is like the one. quote, there is like the quote from Eddie Lacey where he said, I didn't mean to get fat. I just got a Sega Genesis and ate lots of China food. But anyways. <laughs> and then you got Carlos Williams who got fat. I was thinking about like, Carlos yeah, because of his wife. My mom, my wife was pregnant and I had to eat when she ate so she wouldn't feel bad. So I gained 40 pounds in the offseason. And after scoring nine touchdowns, the Buffalo Bills never scored another one again in the league. Yeah. All right. So yeah. this is my, uh, my second quote also has to deal with food and um, also deals with a complete caricature of a person who um, perhaps grew up in another time period. That being said, very entertaining man, um, had a lot of connections to the Super Bowl. This quote goes like this. That's my motto now. Treat them like you would your sons. And hey, I'm Cajun. We eat a lot. Rex Ryan. Rex does eat a lot, but it's not Rex. (laughs) (laughs) If I read it in this person's voice, you would automatically know who it is. So I can't. Gruden. Could you could you read it one more time and and give us the context again? John, it's John Gruden. Sorry, no, it's not. Um, that's my motto now: treat them like you would your sons. And hey, I'm Cajun. We eat a lot, um, so treat them like you would your sons. He's referring to his players. Ed I'm trying to think of a yes, really. Ed O'Dron, it? it's Oge. Ed O'Dron, if I would have really read it, he'd be like, that's yeah. my motto now. You treat him like you would your sons. And hey, I'm Cajun. We eat a lot. I was thinking of people <laughs> from Louisiana. <laughs> but yes. The only reason I guessed that is because I watched this video where they were trying to get Adrian Peterson to come to... Where would he have been an assistant coach before he took that job at LSU? Uh, he's at USC. He was at USC and he was trying to get Adrian Peterson, but AP went to what, Oklahoma. Yeah. And yeah. he, he stayed in Oklahoma because his dad was in prison in Oklahoma. So freaking Ed Oregon, what's his name? Ed what? Odron. I call him Ed Oregon every single time. <laughs> <laughs> it's because when you Eddie, read somebody's name on Twitter and you never like hear it in a news report, like you'll have yeah. it wrong in your head. Like that happens it to me all the there. time. It just stays yeah. like that. Same. But Ed tried to get, Adrian Peterson's dad transferred to Southern California prison to in his recruiting pitch to Adrian Peterson, which and, is pretty hype. But I mean, that's crazy, right? Like a I high just, school, I, a college assistant coach is trying to get this guy to be transferred prison to, so the son will play football here. But all right, well, we got to get a quick break in, but we'll be right back with a uh, double Sabres segment. Uh, don't worry. It'll be entertaining. Unlike the Sabres. So 
We'll be right back. It's time for the Weekly Sabres Update. Well, the day that we have been waiting for is finally happening. You know, we got a good return, but Jack Eichel, the Vegas Golden Knights center, former Buffalo Sabres captain, is set to make his debut Wednesday night. They had to move around the salary cap a lot. I know Vegas is way over the cap. So they had to send their captain to long-term IR to bring Eichel back up. So watch this man uh, go on a tear to end the season and win a Stanley Cup in his first year, just like uh, Matt Stafford did when he left the dumpster fire. So This has been your Weekly Sabres Update. Speaking of former Buffalo Sabres captains first clue this week. I have quite the tale of uh, hero of the drought Buffalo Sabres edition. If you gentlemen would like to take part, let's uh, let's partake. Please remove your hats, lift your drink and shut your trap as we salute this week's standout of the drought. Well, this man came in. At a young age to Buffalo, he was a part of some of these iconic moments that we talked about last week. He came in in this new high-flying NHL, no two-line pass, just speed and skill dominating. Led the team all the way through the year 2012-2013. Class guy, former captain, wore a letter on his jersey. Uh, was drafted 55th overall in the second round by the Buffalo Sabres in the 2001 NHL entry draft. He did do his time in Rochester, though. Really was just everything that you would want in a player. As the Sabres decided to let Daniel Briere and Chris Jury walk, this was one of the players that was uh, added to the new core, saying that you will be the guy that carries us from now on. Um, it did not work. This dude signs a five-year $26.5 million contract extension so they wouldn't lose him either. When the rebuild and the tank started, this man was traded to the only other team that he ever did play for uh, in exchange for players that are literally garbage. Uh, Johan Larson was the, probably the best person received in that trade. Matt Hackett, a goalie who never played in a 2013 first-round pick and a second-round pick. Again, none of these players are still on the team anymore. So that was not the end for his career as a Sabre. He did return to Buffalo and he did end his career here, but he is now retired. And the final clue that I have for you is uh, the population of his town is 293. So is it someone with Vil and the last uh, in his surname? (laughs) That would be correct, right? I think so. That's my guess. Population Pominville, 293 NHL goals. Jason Pominville. Yes, that is him. 
I was thinking it had to be Pominville or, or Vanek, but I don't think Vanek. He was more he was more of a Red Wings player than I think he was a, a no, Sabres No, he was player. he made his career at the Red Wings. He or with the Sabres. He signed a huge deal that offseason prior. Um actually he signed Thomas Vanek signed an offer sheet to leave and go to Edmonton. Um, but the Sabres had to match it. And at the time it was a huge contract for a, a young player like Thomas Vanek, but they could not afford to lose any more players like they did. So Jason Pominville, good player, played in Minnesota. Uh, came back to end his career here. Uh, plays beer league hockey in Buffalo. Lights it up. Scores like nine goals. Wait, so game. he still lives? He still lives in Buffalo? Yep. Yep. That's so, pretty hype. That, that's hype. cool. Um, Have you so, ever encountered him on the ice? No, I've never met Jason Pominville. Yeah, but he's the author of one of the most iconic goals in franchise history. If you remember. Um, now, do you believe these guys are good, scary good when they beat Ottawa in overtime when he scored his shorthanded goal, which is like just beautiful. Yeah. Goal. It's one of my favorite plays in hockey yeah. to do that short side come around, tap it in. But just another guy in I'm the trying to think. futural history of our sports. Team. Wasn't, um, what was, was it Ray Emery in net with the yeah. Mike Tyson goalie mask? Yeah, and that's when he fought. That's when they fought Marty Bryan and that, that whole thing. But yeah, good time to be a Sabres fan. Yeah. It makes you sad to think that we're never going to get to hear Rick Jenneret call a Sabres Stanley Cup. Super sad, but, man. Super sad. My One of my most iconic memories of being a Sabres fan is laying on the floor in my mom's bathroom because we didn't have cable, listening to RJ call the 0607, uh, I don't want to say Eastern Conference Finals, but like semi-conference finals. Chris Drury tying it up with six seconds to go um, to force overtime and Maxim Finneganoff getting the game winner. Any oh, big dude, Sabres fan will know that goal. Past. He scores with seven seconds to go and Rick loses his mind. And it was just, I, I remember everybody was asleep. I was just like literally laying there on the, listening to him on the radio. It's one of those stories that like, oh, you didn't have cable as a 14 year old kid. No, I didn't. So <laughs> I, I but, listened to a lot of RJ too because I yeah. I also didn't have cable. Like, Correct. Which, you had to, you know, you had to, it's funny. You had to, you had to go over to a friend's house to uh, to watch them at MSG. But you know, a lot of the Sabres team that like that will, that goes through my oh head my all God. the time. The, no, 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 not even that one, dude. I'll play it right now. Um, Are you talking about the Rocky like a hurricane? Yeah, I'm gonna play it because this is this is one of my oh, favorite. So but you can't play it because. Copyright infringement. But. Really? Even though they use it before every game, it's not the official. Well, they probably already paid Scorpions to use it. I yeah, had that's my good. ringtone that's on my good. phone, dude. My first phone ever. That was my ringtone, and then they just stopped doing it. Ah, oh. you know that was my go-to Guitar Hero song. We've played this yep. together for yep. days on end. Yeah, okay. Rocky uh, like dude. a hurricane was like the first song yeah. I learned how to play on guitar. Yeah, I so. showed John. I think honestly how to play. Isn't that Rocky funny? Like a hurricane. We're all and bonded then, by this song in different yes. ways. Like, and then John was so good at guitar that he took fishing line and strung up the guitar and could actually play it. True are story. you serious? You strung up fishing line on guitar, John? And could play it and could play uh, it. I've never uh, heard this story. I had this like toy guitar that I got as a kid and I like actually wanted to learn because I started playing bass and I I picked that up and then I was like, I saw you played bass play. before you played guitar. He played saxophone, yeah. I think, to start. Uh, yes, right? he started with yeah. sax, right? And drums, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, I just put fishing line on cause there was a couple of strings broken and, uh, made it work from there. So that's you know, such a good it was like story. your Walmart, Walmart version, classical guitar at that point. But yeah, anyway, 
I just remember the violins. They would do the whole orchestra. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's good, so good. Uh, Brandon, you should look up the, the video of Scorpions actually doing that with a live I have, orchestra. Dude, when I was 14, it was probably the most watched YouTube video of that one, or it rotated with Eye of the Tiger. Like, you know, you know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. yeah. That's that's why you love Mall Cop so much, because it had all that good 80s music in it. We that's also, also why I love and it had the Cop. comedic genius of Kevin James. Don't forget the Kevin biggest James important too. person. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But, all right. Yeah. Well, you guys know where to find us on Twitter at Not Buff Podcast. You know, tweet us your insults, whatever you got. Um, let us know what you think your what your opinion is about the best Super Bowl halftime performance of all time, and and where this one ranks for you. Anyways, we'll be back Friday. We'll have some Brando's bets. Woo! After a victorious Brando's bet, so you know it can only go down we'll, uh, we'll pass out some virtual awards for our game picks for the season and uh, kind of recap uh, how that one. ended up. So we gotta figure yeah, out a draft. Spoiler topic alert: too. Brandon won by a lot. Oh, I'm gonna go so crazy right now! Oh my god, <laughs> the cold brew is like kicking in right now that I had there it. You go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> now, to, what do you drink that cold brew with? Uh, you still triple triple. Yeah, uh, no, I got it from Tim Hortons, which is the first time I've ever gotten their cold brew. I just got it with one extra sugar. I just got a small vanilla cold brew with one sugar, and it was delicious. It was quite delightful. But I got to be careful about that after school, before basketball, because I'm just like, <laughs> like, yeah. you can tell. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like it, though. I'd rather, be, I'd rather be zooted than not zooted, so... <laughs> that but yeah i'm gonna listen to that song probably like nine more times tonight now that it's in my head so (laughs) this is one of those times john where like i have your ps2 in my closet but the guitar hero guitar is in batavia so like if i had the set with me i'd probably play it tonight I think if you have a Goodwill, there's like a 96% chance that any thrift store will have at least one Guitar Hero guitar or a compatible rock band guitar. That's true. There you go. That's so funny. Oh, dude, we should have a Guitar Hero tournament, dude. I was halfway through wrapping up the episode and I don't remember where I left off. Sorry. (laughs) Also, we'll be doing a draft on Friday, so stay tuned for the topic on that. There might be a Twitter poll this week. Stay tuned for that. Our last two have been going pretty well. So follow us on Twitter at NotBuffPodcast and make sure you hit like and subscribe and all the engagement buttons for Buffalo Rumblings and uh, leave us a review if you feel so inclined. But until next time, stay safe and go Bills. Take care.